Welcome to the Periods and Power Moves podcast and I'm your host, Gianni Lee. I'm your modern day period coach, certified life and success coach and clinical hypnotherapist. I help women to eliminate PMS and realign to their cycles so that they can find their flow, stop hustling, improve their health, increase their impact, influence and success in their businesses and lifestyles. It's my soldiers and mission to educate and empower you on the power of your period. In this podcast, we talk all things menstrual cycles, mindset, business, success, productivity, hormones, spirituality, manifestation, and all the stuff in between. You're ready to figure out how you can use your period to make power moves, aren't you? Of course you are. Let's do this. Hello, and welcome back to the Periods and Power Moves podcast with me, Vianney Lee. And in this episode of Bloody Brilliant Boss, I'm talking to the inspiring Emma Marshall. She is known as Emma the Alchemist on Instagram. Emma is a holistic health and well-being consultant and her goal is to teach people about the different modalities of holistic health and how we can implement them into our day-to-day lives. This is major for me. So today, we're talking all about being an advocate for your own healthcare, something that I am deeply connected to as well, especially as I had to become my own healthcare advocate as I was journeying through my own PMDD story. If you don't know about that, then go back and listen to the very first episode. But yeah, so we're talking about being an advocate for your own healthcare, healing your body, and three things to start doing right now to improve your health. Emma's journey of understanding holistic health started to uh, started because of her own serious health problems. And in our talk, Emma walks us through her health journey and how she healed her body by looking for alternatives to Western medicine. So what you're gonna learn from this episode, you're gonna learn about how your lifestyle impacts your health, why it's important for you to stand up for yourself and be your own healthcare advocate, what is naturopathy, the difference between Western medicine and alternative medicine, understanding your options when it comes to healthcare and what the pillars of health are. This is a really, really great conversation. Emma has so much knowledge. She is a beacon of information and I'm really excited for you to learn more about natural health and well-being. So get yourself comfortable and enjoy this episode. Welcome to the Periods and Power Moves podcast, Emma. I'm really excited to talk to you today as you already know we've just been talking off um air if that's how you say it but um I just want you to first of all first of all how are you doing today yes uh it's so nice to be here um I'm doing well I am just yeah going with the flow as much as possible at the moment tell me before we actually jump into the actual content and stuff Tell me how you are recognising yourself today. So I had um, some sad news yesterday, um, which brought up a lot of feelings of grief and sadness. And I'm really just sitting with all of it today and just letting it come through up and out and doing what it needs to do. I'm just giving myself a day. Um, I had a really long bath with some oils and some rose petals to get my heart opening and did some acupressure on my lung meridians because that's where we hold grief and sadness so yeah it's just like being really kind and knowing what tools you have in place to do all of that basically so yeah that's me today I love that Emma I love 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 that and the rose petal oil bath sounds divine so good give me some of that so 
Emma, what I really love about you and your story is it for me is like you prove the absolute like mantra that I hold that you have to be your own healthcare advocate mm. and trust yourself when it comes to healing. Um, and you have such a remarkable story that I'd just love for you to walk us through um, because I know that you had like a really like busy career in the music industry. Um, and then you've gone into having this experience, this, this time in your life where you were suffering from brain frog, um, brain frog, brain <laughs> frog, <laughs> um, chronic nerve pain. And, um, you had like rashes, which landed you in hospital, um, last year. So, and, and now you're working as a naturopath and a herbalist. So I just want you to tell us all about how you've journeyed through this, this process. Yeah, so I yeah used to work in the music industry. Um, I loved music, so it was where I just found myself. I was like, I'm going to work in music. And I ended up doing every job that you could do from events to festivals to artist management, booking agencies, um, tour management, record labels. And I, my last job um, before I got ill was with Sony as a creative consultant so I was there and I loved that job absolutely loved it I was sort of like I'm really glad that that was my final job in music because it was where I've just thrived and I just found the work so um yeah really creative and a really nice space of just sort of like put my brain onto paper and be told yeah this is a good idea so yeah it, it was a good space to end um but yeah when I was there so I was there in 2018 as a consultant I had health problems for about four years prior. Um, it started off when I just started working in the music industry. I was living in a flat in Clapton, um, which is in East London. And I started to get things like acne and brain fog and exhaustion. And my hair started to fall out a bit and uh, panic attacks and just really not feeling normal like really imbalanced all over the place. I just got told by the doctors, you know, you're depressed and you've got anxiety and you need to take these pills, which I never did. Um, but they didn't offer much more than that. Mm. Um, and then in 2015, that was when I had my first sort of like health crisis where I've been going back and forth to the GP a lot, you know, with all these things going on, nothing was working or getting better. Um, and this is before I had a real understanding of what holistic medicine was at all. So that was my only outlet. And I went to them and got told the same information. And then out of nowhere, I got a really severe kidney infection. Mm. Um, and I had to have the catheter, which is a device that means that it gets inserted into you and it makes you wee because you can't wee yourself, wow. which was crazy intense. Mm. Um, so I had that for about three weeks and my body did what it needed to do. I was put on medication and then um, I came out of that and sort of got a new job and was sort of like, okay, you know, next chapter now. Um, and I got tripped over in the street on my first ever commute from this new flat that I'd also moved into at the time because I wanted to be near the tube station and I broke my arm. Oh my and God. I didn't think anything of it. I was just like, okay, well, I broke my arm, God's sake, you know. And then after two or three days, the pain was so intense. I couldn't move. I was in agony. 
you know, when you break your arm, they put a cast on after a couple of days and being on painkillers, you should be okay. Mine did the opposite. Mm. And I, my friend actually took me to our, the GP and he just was like, paracetamol? Like they didn't, it was just so, we don't really care. And also you're probably just making a bit of a fuss out of this. And I was in agony. Like I couldn't move the whole left side of my body. And um, so this went on and on and on. And my mum, bless her, was like, I was on tramadol, which is one of the strongest opiates that you can take legally, uh, which sent me west. And luckily my mum is a nurse. So she saw straight away, she was like, you're getting addicted to these. I was taking mm. six a day and they weren't even touching the sides. So she was like, logically, Emma, like, you know, let's think about this. You are still in agony why are you taking these pills and I was like okay yeah fair enough so they went out the window and she um, had some savings and she took me to see a private neurologist in Harley Street who basically told me that I had something called complex regional pain syndrome which basically means you're in pain yeah we can see that we just don't know why so here's a syndrome <coughs> um, for me that wasn't good enough at all um, I happy with that as a diagnosis. I just thought this is a cop out to be honest. <laughs> um, and so I ended up going to see this, this hand physio through the NHS. And by this point, you know, I couldn't work anything. I'd started this new job. I was off work immediately. They were so nice about it. It was a massive uh, booking agency, one of the biggest in the world. And I obviously wanted to like, you know, make my mark and whatever. And I'm there, yeah. <laughs> like a broken arm, just like not able to move. So, um, so yeah, that went on for about three months with this hand physio and they basically put me into a cast, a fiberglass cast that was from my elbow all the way up to my fingers. So I could only move my arm if I was bending my elbow fully. And for whatever reason, wow. that managed to give my body a bit of respite and slowly but surely it started to like ease off. I was able to function, et cetera, et cetera. Now this went on for about three months. So this is now we're in like August, September and I started to get severe abdominal pain and so it started off and I was like you know what's going on here again my mum being a nurse was like oh you need to go to the hospital I was like no 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 I'll be fine the next day I was in agony went to a hospital they sent me home went to oh. a different hospital and then I had to have my appendix out and then when I had my appendix out they turned around to me and they said you actually don't have appendicitis like you you know your your appendix is definitely inflamed but mm. so is the rest of your abdomen but we just don't really know why and i was like okay so you've taken out an organ and now you're telling me that you don't know why i've got abdominal pain so is the problem even fixed and they were like well we'll just have to see oh. and it was just so blasé and i was mm. like I just don't, this is not sitting with me at all. I was like, I'm 20, I'm 30 now. So at the time I was 25, I was like, I'm 25. I think I'm healthy, little mm. did I. But like, I think I'm healthy. What is going on? My body has literally broken. And you're gonna tell me that it's all unrelated. But to me, this isn't unrelated. Mm. How can So I removed myself. The, the GP again was just like, think you're depressed and I'm like well of course I'm depressed because I've just literally had the most traumatic six months yeah. of my and you lot are not telling me anything and not helping mm. me so I um yeah I removed myself from the system at that point I just thought you know what 
this isn't for me and it's not working for me and I'm not into it. So I started to see this woman who was a healer. She did, she was she's a Jamaican woman. She does like Reiki. She basically kickstarted me on my spiritual journey. Yeah. Before I was very like, don't believe in God, went to a Christian primary school. Religion doesn't make sense to me. Therefore God doesn't make sense to me. Therefore I'm not into it. Wow. And she was the one that just, flip the switch in my head to be like, it's not about that. And I was like, oh. So I worked with her for about a year and I understood at that point by working with her about how the body manifests stuff and emotional work and trauma. And you know, after years of been sort of passed around a system and been told things are in your head, you don't want to, you don't want to hear that from somebody. Mm. But this woman was somebody that could deliver it to me. Yeah. And listen. So I was like, right, okay, yeah, I, I get this this makes a lot of sense. We mm. would do Reiki, she would remove pain from my body, et cetera, et cetera. And then I started to change my diet. I went veggie, well, I think at that point, did I go vegetarian? Yeah, I think I went vegetarian at that point. Um, stopped drinking alcohol. Um, st- I was with uh, ex-boyfriend at the time and he was um, worked in fitness. So he was training me and trying to get my body back to strength again. So I started to really see some like good improvements. Um, and I, I wouldn't have ever said like I was ill, you know, I'd, I'd said I went through something and I came out the other side. However, there was still something not quite right. Like I would just have times where I'd be super, super tired. And like, there would just be little messages from my body that I still wasn't quite necessarily listening to. Mm. Um, even though I definitely had become a lot more healthy. Um, and then in 2018, I went through quite a disastrous event um, where I um, started seeing somebody and I got pregnant straight away Uh. within the first time. And it was just one of those situations where it was like, this can't happen. So Mm. I decided to get an abortion. It went wrong. And I ended up bleeding out two days afterwards in a a cafe toilet. And... So I went into hospital and by this point I hadn't been in a doctor's office or a hospital in like three years. So I was like, since you left. Yeah. So I was a bit like, okay, well, I don't really, I don't really have another option right now. So I went into a hospital and they were like, Oh, you know, don't worry too much. Like had a quick examination. They were like, no, no, it'll be fine. Sent me home. And then I got a phone call two days later being like, we're so sorry. Um, We've made a massive mistake. Can you come back? And I'm like, what kind of massive mistake could you have made? And I went back in and they told me, actually, no, like there's still, we're going to have to do this operation and we're going to have to do this and this. And I was, and they had left some of the fetus inside. And I oh was like, my goodness. oh my God, like what the hell is going on? And I was put on antisepsis medication, which is super strong antibiotics. And I said to the, the woman, I was like, there is absolutely no way in hell you're touching me like not a chance what are my options and they were like well we can just see what mother nature does and i and like they i think they were sort of half joking and i was like yep yeah, great that's what i'll do and i was like i i trust this process more than i trust you lot right now so that's <laughs> what i'm gonna do. so um i left and um lo and behold like that that all happened and mother nature did her thing um but it got to Uh, the end of the summer so that was at the start of the summer it got to the end of the summer and I just wasn't right and I thought it was PTSD 
um i walked into a clinic and i was like i'm losing the plot like i was on the phone to therapists i was on the phone to counselors all these people and they were just like you know it's really hard and i'm like no i don't think you get it like i don't remember my pin number i don't remember my phone number i don't remember my like where i'm going half the time like my neurological oh. system had then essentially gone up by a hundred mm. as well as severe fatigue severe nerve pain like just my whole body just felt like it was collapsing basically and with the neurological stuff on top i was like i'm i'm losing the plot so i spoke to my friend about it because like no one really knew you know the extent they didn't really know much about this situation of course and we like to keep things private but actually at the time keeping things so private was actually super detrimental. So now it's like, no, this is a part of my story and it's need, it needs to be spoken about because it's yeah. important. It to so many women across, you know, we're very lucky in this country that we do have pro-choice, but it, it, it does, it can go wrong and the detrimental effects of that can impact your mind and your body in such mm. a way. So I, um, yeah, I kept it all really inside and I spoke to one of my friends um, and he said, oh, you should, see my dad um because i said to him i was like i need therapy like a hundred percent but i'm not going back into that system because they're just going to give me cbt and be done with it and i was like that's not what i need right now i need i need somebody that's spiritual somebody preferably who's a healer but also understands trauma Mm. and um yeah he's like oh that's my dad i was like right okay so i started to see this guy kevin who has now become like a lifelong friend and mentor to me who after eight weeks or so, nine weeks maybe, of just like really intense um, trauma work, um, he turned around to me and was like, I, I, don't get me wrong, trauma absolutely is having an impact on you, but you're ill. He was like, I, I believe you. That's all I needed. It was like that validation from somebody. Mm. So by this point, yeah, I was like, I'd moved across London um, to West London so I could be nearer work um, because I was living in East London and I was getting Ubers to and from work. I was having to sleep at lunchtimes. Like I was really, really struggling, but I didn't really let on to a lot of people. I just tried to get on with it. Yeah. Um, so when I was going home, I was literally going home and going to bed. That was my life. Get up, get an Uber, go to work, have a sleep at work, go home, go to bed. <laughs> just about all together. Oh my um, gosh. Yeah. And so I just started to delve into research. And by this point, I was really aware of like nutrition, supplements and herbs. And I'd already been self-medicating and in, in, mm. with herbs for a while, like especially immune boosters, like a lot of mushrooms. Mm. Um, and so it just got to the point where I was like, right, let me go even further into this. And I came across all these articles about Lyme disease and mold poisoning. Mm. And so I was like, well, both of these... I fit all of the symptoms, but also like, can I think about times where I've either been bitten by a tick? No. Hmm. But did I live in a moldy house? Yes. And when did I live in the moldy house? Well, when all my symptoms started. So that for me was the, this is what's going on. So I sort of saved up a bit of money. um, Tried to self treat myself at first, but didn't really help. I needed a lot more guidance at that point because I just wasn't I wasn't clued up enough and I needed, I needed the coaching. This is the Mm -hmm. thing. We go on these journeys of like, okay, I think I understand what's wrong with me. Let me try and deal with it because the NHS or whoever can't help, but I need somebody to help me through this. Yeah. At first I paid to see a functional medicine doctor and bearing in mind, I went to him and was like, I think it's Lyme or mold. He was able to obviously sign off the test, got the test back. 
and it was super high in mold like really through the roof in um this mold called ocrotoxin a which is like a really poisonous mycotoxin wow um, and our bodies obviously should have nothing in them and mine had like 36.5 grams of this stuff in my body and so it's like this is crazy to me like that no one i had no idea that you, this could have this effect on the body i didn't know that I didn't even know what mycotoxins were at this point. I didn't know the environment could have such a bad impact on us. Mm. And that was when it really started with the rabbit hole. That's when it was like, oh my God, we are so clueless about what the world is doing to us. Mm. Everything from heavy metals to, yeah, like things like mold, to bacteria and viruses that actually stay in our systems and stay dormant. And then some stressful situations can happen and it all just it all like gives in and your body collapses yeah so we're not told any of this because we're just told okay go to the gp take the medication and you'll be fine well no so um i got my protocol back from this functional medicine doctor was really unhappy with it because it was basically everything that i'd already been doing like mm. okay like i'll you know i'll start doing more stuff but like i am already doing this so could you um suggest a clinic for me to go to so i can at least get you know some support immediately because i by this point i was so ill like mm. I, I i was really unwell and he basically turned around and said no you just need to do what i've told you and i was like you're not the doctor for me and this yeah. is what people forget as well it's like you're in control here like just because this person is saying this to you you still need to remember like you're paying him yeah. So, like, sorry, that's yeah. not a good answer for me. See you later. Mm. And the icing on the cake was I, I actually emailed him and said, please, can you write me a letter so I can give it to my employer because I'm going to have to quit as a consultant. I don't have sick pay or anything. I just had to quit on the spot. But I needed to obviously give, like, I wanted to have evidence and whatnot. Um, and he said, you'd have to pay for it. And I'm like, are you all right? What? <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> We'll get into this because this is a problem with alternative medicine. I believe it's a big issue within that whole sphere. Mm. Um, and um, yeah, so I, I, I spoke to one of my close friends and she was like, so hang on a minute. You know what's wrong with you to an extent? You know you've got to go on this like mad sort of like in, intense detox. It's going to cost X amount of money that you don't have. She's like, this is all crazy. She was like, I'm going to do a GoFundMe. And God bless the music industry and like everyone in it because they really like, pulled out the stops and we raised like 11 grand in a week so I wow from Mexico to this integrative hospital and have this like super intensive treatment and it was such a confusing time because it was all just like I was getting information from all over the place I was also getting I, I it got into the press because the GoFundMe started trending and because it's obviously like a story the press picked up on it and I was like yeah, yeah you know this might help other people and it will see help my cause. So it was in like the Daily Mail and the Sun and the Metro and all the, all the places. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so we raised enough money and I went off. And then when I got to the hospital, they also found out that I had a really serious case of pneumonia and um, a virus, this random virus that had reactivated. Um, and basically I just had no immune system. So Whoa. the problem is like, We've got the, the immune system is quite complex. There's different levels. We, we hear of like, you know, white blood cells or even T cells people have heard of. There's like all these other cells in the immune system that even a GP, they might not even like delve into that stuff mm. uh, because it is quite specific. But people that have got 
um, long-term chronic illness, which is caused by things like a bacteria like Lyme or something like mold, um, they are missing these key cells called NK57 um, or 5-6 cells, mm. which are basically your natural killer cells. So when a bacteria or a virus enters the body, that cell is the cell that triggers the signal for the white blood cells to come and get there, get it out. Yeah. Well, when you don't have any of those cells left, like your body is just sort of like on high alert all the time because it doesn't know what's dangerous and what's not dangerous and when to react and what not to react to. And so your body's actually not fighting the bacteria as it should or the viruses as it should. And that's how things take over. And that's why people with these kind of illnesses stay chronically ill for a very long time because they are literally missing a fundamental key piece of their immune system that there's nothing you can do as you can't inject something or like put something into the body to raise it you just have to get the stuff out manually and then your body will naturally like rebalance itself yeah so i started to learn all this stuff and i was like oh wow. my god there is so much we don't know mm -hmm. um, and I think that that whole understanding of like the Western system for me, that was it. That was the only answer because all the other stuff you had to pay for. So it's not really in my remit. Well, actually, there's a lot of basics that we, if we knew them, we would probably implement them just day to day without, you know, having to pay somebody 300, 400 pounds for a one hour consultation. Like yeah. there is, there is just some real basics that everyone can be doing. And that's sort of what led me into being like, okay, do I want to work in the music industry anymore? No, like it doesn't make any sense for me anymore. Um, I need to put my knowledge into, into this. So I started looking at courses and I just found an online course and um, it's a level three, which to me is like, again, you know, these are all stepping stone levels up to like where I want to get to, but it gave me the basics and my, my lived experience was enough for me to know that I could help other people. Yeah. Um, so I did this course and I got 98%. So I, my diploma with a, um, with a distinction, which was great. Um, and I did this whilst in treatment still because my treatment wasn't just a three week hospital stop. It was basically a whole year. It took me a whole year um, from start to finish to get the mold out of my body and detox it out of my system. So oh my gosh. it took a really long time and it took various different practitioners along the way. I also stayed in Mexico afterwards for three months to try and like heal in the sun. And I was working with like shamans and herbalists over there and doing more like indigenous tribal community stuff, ceremonies, plant medicines. Like I did like a full... Anything that I could do to feel better, I would do it. I just wasn't even in this point where you are so desperate, there's no fear anymore. So all the stuff that you might have heard of before, I'm going to be like, oh, no, I don't, that doesn't really sit right with me. I don't want to go there. I was like, yeah, give me that tree bark. I'll smoke it, whatever. I don't even like, I was just like, these things are all here for me to understand and make me feel better. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I went on this whole journey. Um, again, it was mind, body, and soul. Like no one, it was not just about the physical, it was about the whole thing. Want to learn how to sustainably continue to do the work, create and initiate social change with the power of your cycle? If this is a big yes, then period power activism is coming back. This is my powerful mini course for coaches and online business owners designed to help you plan, create and execute your next social change project inside your business using the power of your monthly cycle. 
Imagine if you were able to align your activism efforts with your cycle, without the constant scrolling and sharing rabbit hole game, not having to feel guilty for needing to recharge about taking a day's rest, to restore your energy while you dream up your visions for change as you bleed. No matter what time of the month it is, you'll be able to continue with your mission for inspiring change, consciousness and empathy without trying to go full out with activism work all month long, harmful for your mental health. So you can finally have an aligned strategy to do things differently and integrate social justice and anti-racism into your business long term. Are you ready to optimise your efforts for social change inside your business using your monthly cycle? You'll learn the introduction to cycle syncing activism so that you can stop guessing what to do at what phase and finally get clear on how each phase maximises your hormonal power to create sustainable social change projects. Learn how to activate your inner seasons for social change initiatives so you can learn exactly how to optimise your energy and hormonal fluctuations during each phase of your cycle. And learn how to plan and build your social change projects with your cycle so you can build activism into your cycle rhythms so that your output is both sustainable and aligned. You'll leave knowing how to create your own activism plan. Make cycle syncing and activism a priority in your business by joining the waitlist now. Details are in the show notes and via the link in my Instagram bio at statusflow.co. That's at statusflow.co. Okay, back to the episode. Um, and yeah, it just led me down all these routes. And when I got to about December, that's when I decided I was like, okay, I've done all the detoxing that I can do. I've been detoxing since February. Like I'm exhausted by this. There's got to be another way here. Mm. So I found a homeopath and this homeopath called Rachel changed my life because she introduced me to Nayat. Now Nayat is a um, allergy desensitization technique. And most people, when they come out of having like serious chronic illnesses that are um, caused by an environmental toxin or a bacteria like Lyme, their bodies become on such high alert, you then start reacting to chemicals, perfume, fragrances, bleach, like any normal product that for yeah. most people they don't even realize is toxic. For you, it becomes, you can't even be in the room. Mm. So I um, started working with her and that when I started doing the Meridian work, that for me was when the shift started. And that for me was my opening into Chinese medicine and the real understanding of Chinese medicine theory, not just like somebody going, go get acupuncture. And you're just sitting there like, yeah, but you know, I went once and it doesn't work. It's like, yeah, I, I get this. I get this now. This all makes a lot of sense to me. I understand how the meridian points work. I understand how the emotions sit. I, I just found a theory that was outside of functional medicine that was outside of like that sort of still traditional model, basically that was like, you have to take these supplements, which mm-hmm. for me, it wasn't, I was like, but I just think that my body should work. You know, yeah. I don't like, there's no difference to me in taking 12, 12, 15 supplements a day than taking 12 to 15 uh, like pharmaceutical meds. Like it's still taking something uh, when I think that my body should just be working. Yeah. So yeah, she changed my life. Um, and also I just broke it down to me. She was like, Emma, mold is everywhere. Cause I've developed a huge fear. Mm-hmm. I was like, you know, what am I going to do? Where am I going to live? Like I didn't feel safe in my body. I felt very, I was reacting to so much stuff. 
And she was like, no, what we're doing is we're rebalancing your body. We're not rebalancing the world. The world is the world. Your body needs to get back to a point of coping again with this. Yeah. That for me was the, the flick of the switch basically and then I also started to delve into like quantum healing and like Joe Dispenza and like you are the placebo and, yeah. and just like all of this other side that I hadn't been focused on because I've been so focused on the herbs and the plants and the detox so it gave me this whole all well-rounded mind body soul understanding outside of just um yeah like what we're putting in it was also like what can we do with just our bodies like what are, what are the powers that we already hold in this mm. and so when I qualified as a naturopath I decided to just like take that narrative and that term and make it into what I wanted it to be because mm. you might find a naturopath and their whole thing is very much like herbs and that's great that's absolutely great that's their area of expertise and study whereas for me it's very much like the all-rounded thing i wouldn't say that i'm an expert in any way on one specific thing i would say that i'm like a jack of all trades of like various different um healing modalities and that yeah. i call myself a natural health and well-being consultant because it makes the most sense to me that i'm not then boxing myself in um in a certain way and that it's more of a I can offer you the knowledge and the philosophies around these teachings, these ancient teachings that work alongside the science. So that mm. you science is there for a lot of it. Um, but I, yeah, I incorporate things like nutrition and herbs and Chinese medicine, some Ayurveda, but like not as much. I haven't delved as much into Ayurveda, even though Chinese medicine actually comes from it. Yeah. Um, and um yeah and then yeah a lot of the other stuff like movement the lymphatic system is my like focus point like a mm. lot of people realize that their lymph systems are clogged and for me it's like a huge key area for a lot of people it could like people can go for years and years and years being chronic pain and be told that they've got fibromyalgia when actually they just need to get their spleen meridian cleared and actually get the lymphatic system draining properly and mm. their pain is gone yeah. and when you see it you're like oh my god how do people just not know this so that's that's why i took it onto instagram and why i started blogging about it and because at first it was just me blogging about my journey and i was like you know guys can't walk today like this is yeah. you know crazy i can't believe this like i'm seriously ill and I, did, I thought i was just a bit ill but i'm seriously ill um and then it turned into do you know what no there's enough people online talking about their journeys is it helping anyone? Not like maybe, but for where I'm at right now, I would rather empower people with knowledge. It doesn't matter what they've got, whether they've got something like, I don't know, anxiety or OCD, or they've got something like cancer. I don't, it doesn't matter to me what their diagnosis is. What I want mm. them to understand is their body is imbalanced and they have options. Yeah. And when you break it down to people like that, and you start presenting them with information that makes sense, that resonates for them. You're not trying to preach and you're not trying to force feed anything because I think that that's the worst thing that anyone can do. But when you're just having that platform to present and be like, take from this what you want, hmm. that's when you start to be like, okay, I'm engaging with this. This makes a lot of sense to me. And my, like, the people that follow me is everyone from like middle aged men yeah. through like, young girls who are just like figuring stuff out through to like you know grown women who are professionals like there's mm. such a range of people who want this information and they need this information so this is my other thing i'm so big on it and we'll come into this as well like health and well-being should not have a demographic 
Mm. And the fact that the wellness industry is built on who's your demographic, who are you preaching to, da, 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 da. to me, that's, that's, that's wrong. And it shouldn't be that way. So I'm trying to sort of shift that as much as possible into, no, this information should absolutely be fundamental and available to every single okay, person. Well where you're from, what country you live in, what your heritage is, what your age is, none of it matters. It just matters that you're, you're getting this information and you can utilize it properly. Wow. Emma, the alchemist. <laughs> oh my God, the gum fingers right now and the gun toes <laughs> under my desk. Oh my gosh, honestly. Wow, what a journey. In, it's been I wouldn't change it this yeah. is what I ask for, for a few people I wouldn't change a second of it because mm. every time that I have like deeped it and really looked at the whole thing every single thing to the second was exactly how it had to be for me to then figure out my next bit and what happens usually is that when I dip in my own health in some capacity I find something else out because mm -hmm. I can then use that information to help myself and then others. And that's sort of how I see it. I'm almost like, I love researching. So I find myself to be a bit of like a vessel for that. It's like, right, what can I, where have I not looked? What stone have I not unturned here? Yeah. Um, wow. And it just me down all these different places um, to get this, yeah, full, well-rounded, like education about the body and health and well-being mm. from a perspective of um yeah the earth and nature and and reconnecting with ourselves and what that actually means and yeah i just think that people are super disconnected and when they reconnect when they find their own tools and their own answers um it makes the world a difference absolutely so there's so so many parts of your story that i didn't even know about um and you know those those little times in between um that you were going back and forth to the doctors and stuff and it's just such an incredible and like you say no regrets because it's led you to the path that you're on now where you know you're 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 speaking to so many people and trying to get that information out there because it's frustrating isn't it it's frustrating that we we're not giving this information in school we're not giving this information as we go through our lives and we think that the only system we can rely on is the healthcare system you know and there's there's options so i would love for you to break it down a little bit for people who don't know anything about this world and to be honest the people that are listening to this podcast do know a bit about this world but if you could give us a bit more insight to actually what is naturopathy and how does it all work um yeah that'll be great so naturopathy <clears throat> A concept is using natural means for your health and well-being and that could be anything from nutrition to herbs to um, things like yeah, movement uh, it's a it's a part of alternative medicine um, and I I see it I guess as a philosophy because it's a philosophy of, of the way you want to live your life um, and I think that 
there's a lot of different naturopaths that will that will practice in in so many different ways and it's all dependent on their own experiences mm. um in my opinion there's some naturopaths that will be very, very nutritional focused and that's their sort of like real deep key understanding others it, it might be herbs but all of us the one thing that we have in common is it's all about lifestyle and so you go see a naturopath and the one thing that you will usually be sort of spoken to about is not just what your diet is but also how do you manage your stress and like what are your hobbies and what like tell me about your life so it also becomes very therapeutic for people because they just start to open up um and it's not with therapies and things people can get quite scared and they don't really you know necessarily have those spaces to go and just speak whereas in naturopathy sessions you end up just getting on to more so about like wellness and well-being rather than actual health most of the time because people really start to get you know you ask a really simple question like oh was there anything going on at the time that you got ill or you started to get symptoms and blah 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 and they will always tell you about something that happened whether it was something as simple as like an argument through to like a serious trauma like a car crash mm. something um and so yeah naturopathy is utilizing and understanding that whole connection between the mind body and the soul and giving people the tools within that to create a lifestyle for themselves that is sustainable mm. and natural as possible um and keeps themselves balanced as like keeping people as balanced as possible within that basically mm. And, you know, you said it's um, uh, like a stem or like a pillar of alternative medicine. Now, you know, a lot of people do heavily rely on Western medicine. And then there's, you know, a great proportion of people that are just completely against it and would prefer to go down like a holistic, you know, mind, body, spirit, alternative medicine type route. But what do you think like the common kind of myths are surrounding alternative medicine? And can you kind of like unravel them a little bit for us, like unpick them? Yeah, so I think one of the most common is that we all hate Western medicine. Mm. Um, I think that that's untrue. I think that Western medicine absolutely, like everything else, has its place. Um, and it's quite interesting. I feel that a lot of doctors really dislike alternative medicine, even though it came first. Yeah, which is so backwards backwards and weird um but it's the actually the opposite with alternative medicine i absolutely do not hate the western medical system i think it definitely has its place if uh, prime example my dad had a heart attack i don't want an acupuncturist showing up or a nutritionist like i need like a, a surgeon or or an, or an er doctor like i need those people they yeah. all have their place no position is obsolete but what we need to start doing is integrating and that is the one thing that the alternative medicine community um understands it's everything has its place and we need the integration mm. um, that's how we move forward as a society it's not an either or and a versus and a, it's not a battle or a duel which apparently mm. is what so many people think and it's just not true mm. um, and then the other one, the other main topic is usually vaccinations. Um, if you're into alternative medicine, you're anti-vax. I would disagree with that statement. I'm not anti-vaccine. I am pro-choice. I believe every single person should have the absolute right to choose what they want for their health and well-being. If you want to get a vaccination, absolutely up to you. All I would say is just know 
the um, information and the knowledge and the education around what you're putting into your body before you get one. And if you're okay with that, crack on. Like that's mm. not say don't do it. But um, the overwhelming sort of like I don't even know what to call it. It's like a it's like this constant battle between good and evil. And if you're anti-vax and you wouldn't vaccinate your children, you're like trying to kill the planet. And it's just like, it's just so warped that understanding is very warped and actually the whole idea of alternative medicine and natural medicine is our bodies are created perfectly so we should be able if we're eating the right foods and we're living the right lifestyles to come into contact with bacteria and viruses every day mm. and be able to cope with that if you're not then you need to look and address something mm. and it doesn't always result necessarily in a vaccination to do that so that is another area like a really big weird taboo area as well around like yeah alternative medicine and mm -hmm. people thinking it's super hippie that's the other thing and like you know that kind of understanding of oh if you if you you know do grounding you're mental and it's like okay there's literal science that says <laughs> the frequency if you it's just basic science and you this can is literally google it yeah, i mean google it's like this, this and, and again, another um, sort of thing to break down is like a lot of people will call it pseudoscience. That word is the bane of my existence. I can't stand it because mm. every single thing that people try and like brush off as pseudoscience is science. <laughs> it's absolutely science. Yeah. And they just haven't even done the research. It's a lazy terminology for people that don't want to look into anything. It's the same people that will, will be called names for like questioning the status quo, like, oh, you're conspiracy theorists or you're whatever. It's the same category. It's like if you just stopped feeding into what you're being told and started to use critical thinking, mm. you that is actually science. Yeah. Um, and I mean, it's a really simple one, goes to like, um, uh herbalism you know i told a gp once um last year i was like oh because he 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 was i had to, to get benefits because i was on universal credit last year um i had to have a sick note and they don't believe in toxic mold poisoning on the nhs so i basically had to just go in and be like these are my symptoms you know here's my binder full of notes from mexico like can you can you give me a sick note and he refused but he diagnosed me with chronic fatigue syndrome now mm. i now don't have chronic fatigue syndrome which is a syndrome that if you're diagnosed with it they don't really have a cure for so they're like okay yeah. I'll manage it for the rest of your life so it's quite interesting and uh yeah i said to him i was like well i don't have a career at the moment that's why i'm coming to you but i won't be going back to working in the music industry um and he was like oh very stressful industry that you know did I try to sort of push it onto the fact that i had a stressful job and i was like no we're not we're not doing this i was like just I'm actually studying at the moment. I'm doing my naturopathy diploma. And he was like, oh, well, you should know I don't believe in any of that. And I was like, but it's not a unicorn. Like there's like, it's actually like nutrition, herbs, it's biology, it's yeah. chemistry. It's also physics. Like it's the Epigenetics, whole- Epigenetics, it's everything. Everything. So to turn around and do, and be the whole, I don't believe in X, Y, Z. It's like, it's not a myth. Like, yeah has been around for thousands of years. And like, I spoke to one of my friends who's a herbalist and she um, did a seminar with this really famous herbalist. And she said, 
I'd love to take credit for this is why I had to say it like that because I can't <laughs> but she said every single one of us has an ancestor who healed just through natural modalities absolutely so you can't dismiss the way that Western medicine has transformed itself into the overall outshining, like, you know, this is the system, mm. ignores the fact that actually the alternative community was the community. Mm. So these are myths that we need to break down. There's a lot of stuff around, you know, people will go vegan. They will cut out all animal products and everything that is to do with like hurting the planet, etc but you tell them to go and see a herbalist or to look at t incorporating herbs into their diet. No, 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 no. I have to go speak to my doctor. <laughs> what are you living? Oh like, my gosh. It's, it's a big thing. And people mm. are very confused. It's a very gray area for a lot of people. Mm. Um, conditioned to think that supplements kill and herbs are terrible and you can die. And da, 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 da. and actually, when you actually look at the science and the statistics, there's I've got a book over there actually is like how many people have died from a vitamin C overdose in the last like 20 years. I think the answer is like two people. And it was like, there was other factors available within that, you know, within that. So it's like, you look at the, the deaths from opioids and you look at the deaths from even like antibiotics and antifungals and stuff like that is crazy. And so when you start to break it down and you really start to research and understand there's no way that people, if they understood this information mm. from a scientific point of view, that it wasn't just yet, oh, it's a hippie thing and, you know, all that kind of stuff, that they would be treating their bodies in the same way. It's like, yeah, you can eat all the vegan processed stuff that you want to eat, but actually you're still happy to go off and take your prescribed medication. Yeah. That's a conflict of interest. Mm. But like that. So there's... It is, it is an interesting yeah, conversation for sure. And it is all about taking that like integrative approach. Like we're not saying that one is better than the other. We're just saying that there needs to be clear guidelines to the, to the client, the patient, the person who's poorly that, okay, this may work for you, but also you should be trying this because it's going to give you a holistic approach. We're going to look at every single part of your biological systems you know we're going to look at your we're going to look at your stress response we're going to look at your um, reproductive system we're going to look at your cortisol levels we're going to look at it all and there's options for you but the fact that it's getting shut down and doctors you know in western medicine saying i don't believe in it yeah. is it's ridiculous it's frustrating especially the cortisol stuff and the adrenal stuff like mm. i'm sure that you see a lot of this with the work that you do mm crazy the amount of people that are burnt out and their adrenals are suffering but it's yeah. still diagnosis in the western medical system adrenal fatigue is seen as nothing it's, 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 it's because it's it's um especially when it comes to women oh. women's, <laughs> women's health we know they don't want to do it's only been recently that have been, they've been doing um you know clinical trials actually looking at the menstrual cycle the menstrual cycle was never looked at it was looked at as too complicated or too complex so they would just test everything on men or postmenopausal women it just makes zero sense um, whatsoever and a really interesting one within chronic illness is women um getting this thing period flu right mm. so their periods happen their symptoms would go up by a million and that would that was happening to me yeah I 
that in probably like yeah 2018 when it all started to really just fall down mm. that when I started to track I was like right before my periods that's when I feel horrific and um I found an article and there's literally like two articles on this and they're not even medical articles they're just like journalists who um have spoken to a gynecologist in New York who pointed it out and they were like, well, yeah, cause the estrogen drops and the inflammation rises and there's nothing to sort of like balance that system out. So anything that you've got underlying, whether that's a, a bacteria, a virus, blah, 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 it's coming up and out. So your mm -hmm. system doesn't know what to do with it. And to me, I'm like, that's so logical. It's but so no logical. Anyone. Yeah. And you've got women who are going from cycle to cycle once a month. Mm. Being horrific and it's like there was a point for me where I like I, I was not able to go to work once a month because of mm. that um because my cycle was so um and I didn't I wouldn't even say I had bad periods this was the thing for me mm. so I can like is it PMS is it this because my periods were very regular they weren't heavy I was very blessed actually um but the drop in in my hormone levels which I didn't know at the time because I just wasn't in, you know informed was having a severe impact on my immune system yeah. so yeah the, all this stuff is and it's like it's not just what you just said about um you know those they're like physical symptoms yeah they're like physical symptoms that are coming up coming up and wanting to come out and be released during that you know that late luteal phase um, before you bleed it's not just the physical it's the emotional that comes up as well that what needs to be released anything that hasn't been healed that you've been wounded from in your childhood or whatever it is is desperate to come out during that time so this is a nice little segue let's let's talk a little bit about um um, your menstrual cycle then so what is your relationship like with your menstrual cycle now you just touched on you've always had you know quite a pleasant experience what's it like now well so after the abortion it was horrific um for a very long time very heavy a lot of clotting my body was healing itself you know it went through a really severe trauma and i just had to let it be and it only really leveled out again in december um mm -hmm. so that was all the last year i would say it was well for yeah about a year and a half it was a real mess but i'm back to now i'm super blessed with my periods i have to say like three days four days max and i only get one day of like heavy bleed which isn't even really that heavy it's like what other people would probably call medium mm. um, really you know i i'm very lucky with it um i started to use period pants to free bleed because a long time ago putting something inside of me to stop and clog bleeding didn't make sense mm. um, so i did you know i was like everyone else tampons and whatever and moon cup then was my next port of call and i was like okay moon cups not really doing it for me either um and i wouldn't wear a pad because i just find them super uncomfortable and there's just great as well like if you wear i wear like my trousers all the time <laughs> nappy so yeah so i would um have like I, I got some period pants and they've made my bleeding phases just so much more pleasant. You just put the pants on, you do, you bleed and you put them in the wash and they're done. Yeah. So um, yeah, I'm really lucky in that aspect. But the one thing that I didn't really understand about my periods, I think we touched on this when we spoke previously in my life was 
I was put on the pill at 13 um, for my skin. Um, I had teenage acne like everyone else and I got put on, put on the pill. I wasn't even sexually active until I was like 17. So mm. being put on the pill at such a young age and being told, yeah, your periods, blah, 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 like I look at it now and I'm like, what on earth? Um, but I'm also very blessed because my mum, being a nurse, she was actually um, also a sexual health nurse. She's done a lot of different type of nursing, my mum, and she was actually a sexual health nurse for a long time. So we've always been able to be like very open about periods and the vagina in general and anything that's imbalanced and feeling weird. And she would sort of like talk me through, you know, being on the pill. But again, she's Western medically trained. Mm. So it wasn't ever really told, you know, it wasn't a fact of, she told me it was a breakthrough bleed, absolutely. But I don't think I really knew what that meant necessarily. Mm. So when I got to, well, as I, well, yeah, when I got to the, the year of like illness in 2015 or whatever, I just came off everything ever. Mm. I was like, no, absolutely not. Like I want my body to just be as clean as possible. I don't even really know what this is doing for me. I've been on it now for like over 10 years and like, you know, does it affect fertility? Like, does it affect these things? Like, I don't know what this is doing. And I was on Yasmin for a very long time and I would go three months without having a bleed at times because I just mm. didn't want that kind of thing. And that was my normality. So yeah. getting ill was also rediscovering my feminine. Yeah. My feminine that I had literally blocked with a pill from a young age. Mm. Um, and yeah it did me the world of good I think I went on I went back on it for maybe like five minutes because I started seeing somebody and I was like oh I'll just go get the pill again and it just didn't work and then I stopped seeing him anyway so I've <laughs> <laughs> got this now and I'm not going to go back onto it and I, I wouldn't I wouldn't um go back onto that again anyway now just purely mm. because I have so yeah um but I would say for the first time I'm now 30 I'm so in tune with my body. I'm so in tune with like my cycles and how I feel. And that's why I actually, I love your work because when I found your page and the way that you break down the cycles, you're one of the first people like outside of just reading a book that I've looked at. Ah, oh, here's some content that actually like resonates that is like step-by-step -step guiding you through your cycle yeah. for, it to, for other people, which I just love. I love that. Thank you. I really appreciate that. And yeah it's 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 so interesting the amount of women that i speak to that were put on the pill from age 13 15 16 whatever and not really <laughs> it, it actually just it gets right under my skin that we weren't told that the effects that it can have on our brain activity and um you know our bone health um and all of these things and the effects that it has from from going on it at such a young age like it's puberty mm, to then come off it and then not know how that's affected your body at all it's crazy it is absolutely crazy what would you like to see done differently in in the world of periods and menstrual health education well i think that first of all people like you should be running it um, and I think that there needs to be conversations about this in school. Mm. The, um, the, the 
the education that's given in schools, because um, I know that my mum would go in and she'd do the, you know, condom over the banana and here's what it's like, like that's an education. Yeah. But actually you're not really explaining to, to girls properly. You're just doing it from a very scientific point of view of like, this is why we, we have a bleed. And, you know, for some girls because of their culture, et cetera, they don't actually know that that happens. They don't have that environment at home that, like some girls will get their period and be completely freaked out because no one's ever even told them about it. Mm. So it's a conversation that needs to be had, but it can be also done in a more holistic manner. Um, and it should be done in a more holistic manner by saying to women, you know, you do have choices. It's not just, here's your birth control. It's mm. also, if somebody had said to me, if I was 13 years old and I had teenage spots and I had, you know, I needed to probably rebalance my hormones and clean up my diet a bit and stop eating so much sugar. Yeah. I would have done not taken a pill, like, which, you know, when I look back at it, did it really even help that much? <laughs> probably not. Well, no, because you're only yeah. fertile for what? Two, two four days, four yeah. days during that entire typical 28 day cycle. Those are the only times you can get pregnant. People think that you can get pregnant at the drop of a hat. No, people who are struggling with infertility, know this that it is incredibly difficult to fall pregnant on like a, in a drop of a hat so it's just four days so why are we taking these pills every single day mm -hmm. and this is for me when I got pregnant I couldn't believe it mm. because I was so in tune with my cycle that I thought I you know had it under lock and key but I didn't because I messed up and it just shows you how sensitive the body is I, I just didn't even I just didn't even clock it. And, and it was like these things for me before I didn't know that it was mm. like four, maybe max five days that you can get pregnant. I did not know that. That is not something that I was ever taught or told. Mm. No one. I don't think any woman of our age no. older were told. Huge. That is like what we're instilled in school is, you know, have sex and get pregnant. Like that's, that's sort of the, that was sort of it yeah and, you know, you're, what, we were never really told what our cycles were we definitely weren't told what our phases were and I think that that is where education around this needs needs to be ramped up a lot and even, especially with the work that you do and like all around nutrition and how you can rebalance your body especially for nutrition etc like mm. these these tools and these um it just shocks me how many women live their lives so mediocre, like in such a mediocre way because they're either in pain or they have terrible periods or they've been diagnosed on like endometriosis, like just been sent off into the world and been like, sorry, nothing we can do. And it's, this is awful. PMDD, which obviously I know that you've um, had your um, time with, like these yeah. are not, that shouldn't be it. That mm. should box that you're put in and then sent off into the world to have to manage it because actually these are really painful conditions and they're really really damaging conditions that can severely impact your life mm. you know for you you went down a holistic route and you figured it out and lo and behold look what you're doing now but there's so many women who will never even get that opportunity just because the information hasn't been presented in front of them and yeah. that they that's just their life yeah and I think that for people like myself and yourself, clearly there's something inside of us that is like, that doesn't, what? That doesn't sit right. Mm. That cannot be it. Yeah. But for other people, that's just not the case, which is yeah. why 
back is super important because you go, no, 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 sorry, actually, here's your options. <laughs> God. Yeah. Um, it, it, um, half of it is psychological, you know, the, the whole connection between the mind and the body you were talking about at the beginning of the podcast. You know, you're not going to get that information. Somebody that's suffering from PCOS or PMDD, whatever it could be, they're not going to get that, you know, you're psychologically being affected by this or is there something actually being held in your body or holding this energy or this trauma, whatever it is that needs to come out. And then, you know, your menstrual cycle might look a little bit differently if you address those issues. But that conversation is quite slow on the approach. <laughs> um so what I really want to, what I really want to double check with you, and um, you were mentioning that right at the beginning, you were like, there's just these basic things that if, you know, people knew, if they would take, if they would do, then, you know, things would look so different. What are, what are those top three things, those actionable steps that we can do to balance our bodies from a, a, an alternative medicine perspective standpoint or from a natural healing perspective? So I really like to teach about the pillars of health. So the pillars of health, um, I'll just list them and then we'll go into the top three. It's sunlight, movement, and that includes exercise, water, nutrition, community, um, faith and spirituality. And I always forget the last one. It's always the way. <laughs> yeah, I love to teach it. Um, it will come back to you. But yeah, there's, there's these top pillars. And if we're implementing all of these things into our day-to-day -day lives, then that means across the board, oh, breathing. Breathing. How could we forget the breath? Exactly. We forget it far too often. There we go. Um, so by implementing all of these things into our day-to-day -day lives, these are actionable things that we can take as people. And when you actually list these seven off, people are like, yeah, do I even do all of these? Like, or is this applicable to me? Like most of the time it's not. Mm. And so, I mean, obviously it's very debatable as to which are the top three, but I'm just gonna give from my own personal standpoint. Of course. So um, movement. Um, is number three for me if you are not moving your body and that includes um, things like crying you're holding stagnant everything so that's mm. where the lymphatic system gets impacted that means that you're not removing any waste from your body which includes held on to emotions etc etc like purging we need to purge it's super important mm. movement gets that moving literally so that can be walking that can be dancing that can be jumping up and down that can be bike riding or it can be a really you know intense workout class but movement like there's a lot of people especially right now who are going to be really stagnant because they're at home they are even probably like you know not necessarily in the right headspace to be doing workout classes which we see all these people online you know doing all these workout things and actually there's a lot of people that really just don't want to do that right now and that's mm. fine that's fine yeah fine um but one thing i will say is like you know get out of bed and have a stretch mm. and um, go for a walk um and if you don't even want to walk outside just like walk around your room or walk around your flat like just make sure you're moving because mm. even these little movements are going to make sure that your body starts flowing again and mm. in chinese medicine we've got something called chi which is your life force which is your energy and when that gets blocked or stagnant, that's when illness or um, disease or mental illness can arise. 
And so when you're getting the energy flowing through things like movement and touch as well is, the, is another one, um, that means that your body is not going to become stagnant. And that means that you're going to have this life force flowing through you the way that it's meant to and therefore healthy, thriving life. Yeah. Um, movement is a really, really important one. And that's free, you know, walking. <laughs> yeah. Um, then oh, it's a really debatable one. Cause I know what my top one is, but I'm like debating what number two is. Um, I'm going to go for water because we can live without food uh, for a while, not forever, obviously, but we can live without food for a while. We can't live without water for more than four days. It is absolutely fundamental for us to drink two to three liters of water minimum a day. Women, the guideline is um, like two men, it's three because they're bigger um, most of the time. So if we can, you know, you, people go, oh, I'm really tired. I've got really, really, I'm really tired all the time. Blah, blah, blah. You, say you say to somebody, hang on. What was that? My computer. <laughs> Literally burst my eardrums. <laughs> it's okay. Um, if you say to somebody, yeah, how much water have you drunk? They will either not have drunk any, it will be like a juice or something sugary or, you know, Lucasade, whatever, but they won't have actually drunk any water. And that yeah. is problematic in itself. Like we are 60% water. We need it for every, our cells are water. Everything is water inside of us. And so when you're not getting enough, like your body is going to be severely impacted. Um, mm. And it really does, you know, most of the time people think that they're hungry. They're not, they're dehydrated. Yeah. So, there's all of these kind of um, different ways that we can get water and that's the three things obviously just by drinking water but also herbal teas are a really good way to, to get more water um uh, that with a bit of a different flavor or taste like hibiscus is such a great one because it tastes so good mm. uh, really really good um vitamin c booster and um it's a really good one for lowering blood pressure so people that have got high blood pressure it's a really good um, herb for that and it just like I, for example, could drink a whole teapot of hibiscus tea and that is, you know, nearly one litre of water yeah. uh, that isn't actually water. So there's there's different ways of doing it. Um, and there's that whole thing, like, oh, yeah, I don't like water. And it's like, you do. You definitely do. You just have to <laughs> remind yourself that you do, you know. Um, and then the number one for me is sunlight. Mm. Light is so important to human health and i've been doing so much research on it during lockdown because a lot of people really are scared and they're sitting in their homes and they're not getting enough light and then so when lockdown finishes they're going to go out into the world and have depleted immune systems because vitamin d is not going to be um utilized at all mm. so it's really important that people really understand the importance of sunlight and yes it's really key for vitamin d but also so much other stuff like cell regeneration collagen production um like uh, calcium like our bones need the sun and like obviously we live in london so it's not like there's not sun all the time but i'm just talking like light daylight yeah people that sit so here's an example you work for a company, you get up in the morning at 6am, it's dark in the winter, so say like November, it's dark, you go to work, you're at your desk from 8, 9 o'clock in the morning, mm. are so busy at work that you eat lunch inside, and or maybe at your desk, and then you leave work at 6, 
and um, it's dark. Where's your sunlight? You don't have any. So if you don't have any sunlight for literally, say, like three months, say between like January, uh, November to say January, mm. that is so much strain on your body and mm. like the abilities that your body needs to perform homeostasis will stop performing homeostasis because it doesn't have the cell regeneration to do it. Mm. These things now are like being researched a lot more, a lot, lot more. And there's a lot of people who are finding that going to places with a lot of sunlight and heat even, and you know, low sun, their symptoms are completely going. And so people think, you know, they go on holiday, they lie in the sun for a week, they come back feel a lot better because they've just rested. No, they feel better because they've got so much sunlight. Mm or the X amount of, you know, time that they've sat at a desk and whatnot in, in their sort of societal westernized structure, mm. they, they haven't got what the body needs at all in that yeah. time. So, yeah, sunlight for me is absolutely number one. And, like, everyone's got a different need. Mm. So people who have got darker complexions in general are going to need more sunlight because your mm. melanin prominent so actually your absorption is going to be different to somebody of a fairer complexion yeah so it's like for me i'm like olive skinned i've got spanish heritage so i can sit in the sun all day and relatively like not burn really mm. but also i love the sun but then yeah. for my brother he picked up more of the irish side of our family and he's got quite fair skin so for him sunlight is not you know he can sit in the sun for an hour and that'll be enough for him mm. um, and we have to really understand it on that basis because I think that we've been so conditioned of the sun is evil and it can give you skin cancer and you've got to be concerned and you've got to wear sunscreen at all times and blah, 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 and you're going to get wrinkles and da, 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 da. No, you need to be outside and getting that light and allowing your skin to absorb it. Mm. And I'm not sitting here being like, you know, don't take precautions and whatnot, but yeah. as everyone is different and your, what your thing is, is going to be very different to what mine is. Um, and so it's about that individualized, you know, protocol slash understanding of mm. what, what this is about and like how we can, yeah, get the most out of nature, essentially. Exactly. It, literally, you just have to be outside. That's it. Yeah. Just get outside first thing in the morning, open your blinds, yeah. the windows, just take in the light because we live in the UK. Yeah. <laughs> And for those of you that aren't listening to this, who, I mean, who are listening to this, who aren't in the UK and you've got that amazing, I don't know, Florida heat, Miami heat, whatever, amazing. But at the same time, if like what Emma was saying about depending on your skin tone, you know, for me, I supplement with vitamin D3 and I take that every single day um, because I'm black and I'm not, I need to, I need more vitamin D. It's, it's the sunshine mineral nutrient whatever you call it and it's it's necessary so you would say water movement and sunlight i think those are so key those are so so key you break it down and people go yeah am i doing that am i doing those things like mm. that's when people start to realize that it's not actually rocket science and it's not mm. these are the things you can do a lot of it for free and that's sort of like what i preach a lot of the time is I don't want to be a practitioner that sits here and is like, you can only get better or you can only feel amazing if you buy all of this stuff. It's like, mm. 
no we need yeah. to figure out how to do this sustainably mm. within a because health and well-being as i said shouldn't have a demographic and actually yeah. free stuff is a lot of the time people don't realize how easy that is um but also how important it is so yeah amazing well i know we could talk all day long to be honest with you <laughs> all day long but what i want to ask you um a couple of things just before we finish up I really want to know what herb you're loving at the moment. It's a herb that's really been beneficial for you during this time. I know that might be a really like vague, open question, but what herb are you really loving at the moment? Cleavers. Say again. Cleavers. Okay. Cleavers, or it's also known as clivers, is a springtime herb. It grows everywhere. And back in the day, it used to spring up literally in the springtime. So it would remind people to come out of hibernation. So our ancestors would literally see that herb and be like, oh, okay, cool. It's time we can, you know, get moving again. And um, it's an amazing lymphatic drainer. So back in the day, it would have been used to like clear out any stagnancy in general. But for us as human beings living in this world that we live in, which is quite toxic, it's an amazing herb every morning to just cleanse your system basically. Um, and I do have it with nettle um, because it's a really good antihistamine. Um, so I have it, yeah, cleavers and nettle. And then I also always add hibiscus just because I love the taste. Mm, I love the taste of hibiscus as well. I'm gonna have to get myself some cleaver. So good. Okay. So good. Amazing. Well, Emma, this has been such an interesting conversation and there's so much more. I really feel like we could maybe do a part two of this actually. Um, so I just want to know if you could step into my shoes right now, what would you have asked me that I haven't asked you? Oh, okay. So I would ask you, um, what would you know? What would you, <laughs> What haven't I asked you that, oh, that yeah, that you would have asked yourself? Does that make sense? Yeah. So um, maybe something along the lines of like astrology. <sighs> Listen, <laughs> I've got a question there for you. It's in my quick fire round. I always want to know what everyone's sun sign is, moon and rising. Uh, so I am Scorpio sun. Libra moon, Aries rising. Interesting. And you know what we haven't done. Remember before we got on online, I sound like such a grandma. Before we <laughs> got onto this interview, I pulled a card, didn't I? Yeah. And the card I pulled for you was answer the call. Mm. And it says, what is your soul calling you to do? So let me read this out for you now. So your guidance is divinely guided. You are being called to answer the call of your soul. It might be scary. It might not make sense. But if you trust your soul's yearnings, you will live a life beyond what your mind could possibly imagine. Answering your soul's calling is not a one-time thing, rather a lifetime dance. Sorry, a lifelong dance. Deep down, you already know what you long for, what your soul yearns for. Whatever you're being called to do, that is your calling. Don't overthink it. Don't wait for permission. Just say yes. Most people are waiting for a step-by-step -step plan before they take the first step, but intuition doesn't work like that. It takes faith and courage to answer the calls of your soul. 
And that's why most people don't do it. But you are not most people. You're exactly in the right place to answer your calling now. You don't need to know the whole plan. You don't even need to know where it's leading you. You just need to take that first step. No one has ever had the perfect, complete plan. There's no end destination. There's no right or wrong way to do it. And you don't need permission from anyone else. Sometimes the more resistance we have around answering our soul's calling, the more important it is for our soul's growth. So your question is, what is your soul calling you to do? Oh, well, I, what I would love, uh, and I've said this, I've written it down so many times this year, is I really want to be like a face or the face and voice of holistic medicine in the UK just by being a place that I can be like, yes, you want to know about periods? I've got somebody for you. Like, this is where you need to go. Like, as I said before, I feel like I'm a very like jack of all trades because so many things um, inspire me and also like that I find super interesting. So I want to basically build myself out as this educational platform mm. uh, to help sort of guide people to people like yourself for more specific information um going off the information that I already know and like I don't know what I, this is what I'm in the process of doing at the moment I'm trying to work out whether that I see myself as like a content creator for that um which is making the most sense to me at the moment um or it's done in a slightly different way but at the minute it seems like content creation is probably my my best bet um but yeah it's all in the building process and i like it's really i love that that's come up i absolutely love that that's come up because yeah the the one-to-one -one stuff as as amazing as it is to see and help people like i really want to do it on a mass scale mm. and i teach people on a mass scale um and that's where i feel like my calling is it's to yeah elevate and and inspire people and empower people with this knowledge like I said, through the pillars and through some of that more basic information whilst giving other people a platform as well. Yeah, I love that. And you already know, you're already doing it. Yeah, just got to vamp it up to a, like another level. That's the thing, that's the plan. Yeah. yeah, amazing. You're already doing it. So where can everyone find and connect with you online? So I am at emma.the.alchemist um, and all of my information's on there. You'll find my link tree to my website, which has got more detailed information about me. Um, I work one-to-one -one with clients. Um, but yeah, my Instagram page is very much a space of like sharing relevant natural health and well-being information um, that you might not have heard of before amazing well thank you so much emma like honestly it's been an incredible chat with you That's and i'm nice. sure everyone's gonna love listening to this as well so thank you so much for coming on thank you so much for having me if there was a way to leverage your monthly cycle to maximize and manage your efforts to support social justice without burnout guilt and anxiety would you finally feel confident to discover the core framework for harnessing the power of your monthly cycle to create change period power activism is coming back this is my powerful mini course for coaches and online business owners designed to help you plan, create and execute your next social change project inside your business using the power of your monthly cycle. Make cycle thinking and activism a priority in your business by joining the waitlist now. 
details are in the show notes and via the link in my Instagram bio. So come on over at statusflow.co on Instagram. That's at statusflow, F-L-O-W dot co. And I'll see you inside the program. Thank you so much for listening to the Peers and Power Moves podcast with me, Vianney Lee. If you've been enjoying this podcast, then head on over to iTunes and please leave me a review. I'd be so, so grateful. If you want to continue to hear more about menstrual cycles, manifestation, business, productivity, success, and mindset, then come follow me on my Instagram at statusflow.co and I'll chat to you on the next one. 